Join Sarah Weiss in the infinite field of energetic aliveness and heart-centered wisdom. This is the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. Welcome to the Earth Love Spirit Podcast. I'm Sarah Weiss, and today I have a really fun interview with Pamela and Lauren from the Feng Shui Collective. Pamela is a mom, Lauren's a daughter. Pamela is the feng shui expert, and Lauren is a life coach who teaches people how to achieve their lifelong goals. So they decided to put their skills together and form the Feng Shui Collective. One really significant fact came out in our interview today, one that really struck me, and that was the Feng Shui can actually help you smooth out transitions and change. And let's listen how Lauren and Pamela tell us how they go about helping you, helping everyone make their life more beautiful and the planet more beautiful. Help me welcome Pamela and Lauren. Hello, you guys. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You're very welcome. So you're out in Santa Barbara, California. And we have today a mother-daughter duo that are working together. Isn't that a dream? (laughs) So tell us about the Feng Shui Collective and how the two of you came together. I mean, doesn't every mother think that, oh, if I could do that with my daughter, wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) It is is such a gift. It's the most fun. Yes, it's so fun. Lauren, you want to tell that story of how we finally figured out that we were on parallel paths? Yeah, it was wild. So I've been a goal coach for about a decade. I I do goal coaching and manifesting um, exercises for women. And mom has the feng shui piece. um, And she's been doing that for, you know, three decades. And I'll let her dive into that more. But we started doing these wonderful workshops, women's workshops together And we, you know, it was very compartmentalized where I would run through and do my, you know, goal coaching process. And there's lots of journaling and all of these fun things. And then we'd have lunch and then we come back and then mom would do the feng shui part of the afternoon. And we were on a road trip heading to Northern California to our hometown and we like had this conversation and my mom, I, my mom, I remember was like scrambling to find a pen and a piece of paper, um, to write down, you know, this vision that we had of like this, we have to partner. Feng Shui is all about working with intention. And we just realized that, that our businesses are so complimentary that it's, it's too obvious to ignore. So it's, a year that we've been officially official. Um, Mom, our one year anniversary is this month also, by the way. Congratulations, you Thank guys. You. Okay. Um, Thank you. And so, yeah, that we out of that, um, the Feng Shui Collective was formed. And I had a dream also that there was a newspaper heading, it was the Santa Barbara News Press, and it said, Mother Daughter Duo Take Santa Barbara by Storm. Right. That's that was, what got that conversation started in the road trip that we were taking. Oh, that's you were telling yes. me about that dream. Yes. And so, yeah, the Feng Shui Collective was born. So we um, have a really unique approach where we are applying my tried and true proven method of goal setting. Um, I've worked with thousands of women 
And once we get really clear on what you want um, and how to manifest it and the blueprint, et cetera, then we get to work in that area of your home to supercharge the achievement of your goals. So that's the feng shui piece. Doesn't that and sound powerful? Wow. I mean, you would not believe the stories and the magic that our clients share with us. Um, it's so special. It's so, so special. Well, the listeners can go to your website and hear the testimonials. They're pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what else did I miss, Mom? Did I miss anything? I think you got it. We, when um, someone identifies their goals, and that's really an intimate process with our clients because they're telling us what they want to do and what change they want to see in their life. Mm. And in feng shui, there are those energies resonate in certain areas of your home. For example, wealth, uh, relationship, travel, health, uh, et cetera, education, children, family, all of those things. And so we show our clients where that energy lives in their house, in their home. Sometimes we work with businesses too. Um, I've done a, a lot of businesses, but um, we find out where that is in your home and we get to work in that area. And what we mean by that is we take a look at that area with what we call our feng shui eyes and we give our clients suggestions of what they can do to lift the energy in that area i'm listening very deeply because i feel like you're coming from a very deep place pamela how so so you have the let's say academic classical knowledge of what to do for feng shui cures but how else are you sensing the energy when you're in someone else's, someone's house? Well, uh, you know, I have a lot of experience. You know, I'm a woman of a certain age, and I've had careers in administration and healthcare, and also in higher education. And I have uh, undergraduate and graduate degrees. My graduate degree is in leadership. And interestingly enough, leadership is all about change. And so is feng shui. Feng shui is not just about how an environment looks or feels, but feng shui is about achieving the change that you wanna see in your life. Mm. That's a completely different way of understanding this and, and a more realistic um, expectation of what, what you're going to get into, right? Right. <laughs> I think it's important noting, Sarah, that literally feng shui defined is wind and water. So we get asked all the time, like, you know, is, I feel like it's just interior design or, you know, is, is it a religion or, you know, there's some, you know, some stigma. It's only been westernized for the past, I don't know, since the 80s, really. But this, you know, natural science and art form has been around for 4,000 years. You know, ancient Chinese scholars were studying the connection between the earth and the energies of the earth and our, and our physical spaces. And wind, so feng is wind, and it's what you cannot see. And shui is water, and that's what you can see. So it's the pairing of the intention, the energy, um, the, the, um, the manifestation, 
pairing that with, and that's what you cannot see, pairing that with water, which is the movement of matter. So you can touch and see and move water. Um, so it's quite simple, you know, when you define it like that, but it is a very complicated and layered art form and natural science. And I can see back to your other question, when my mom is in a space, I am the feng shui student and I am the daughter of a Virgo and a feng shui consultant. So I'm a Virgo she, too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I have a question about that that relates to being a Virgo. <laughs> oh, so, um, you know, I've just been a student and sort of been under her wing um, as a feng shui consultant and I can see how she can feel the energy in a home. Um, sometimes it's as simple as, you know, when you see something beautiful and that's in uh, good function, um, it's fertile and it looks lush, that really raises your vibrations. And if you see something that's broken or in disrepair or it's, you know, dried out or, you know, dead, um, that really lowers your vibration. So, you know, at the very basic layer, um, it is seeing and experiencing what, what you're, you know, feeling in the room and what your eyes are, are taking in. Oh, I'm getting the feeling I'm going to have to rearrange everything in my office now. I'm tuning into it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pamela, what were you going to say? Uh, you know, when it, we're, we haven't gotten really to talking about clutter, Mm -hmm. uh, clutter is a is a form of stuck energy mm. and interestingly enough clutter has a way of accumulating in areas where your life is stuck mm. ah. you remember we talked about the bagua map and there's certain areas of your home that that resonate with certain energies of your life so uh just to give you a quick example i was doing a consult locally and just doing an initial I, I like to just walk around the house first to kind of get a feel for for how it's laid out and where the different areas are and I got to the children and creativity area of this client's home and I opened the side door onto the patio and it was stuck and I said you know I, I jiggled it a little bit and I said do you happen to have an issue with a child and she said oh my god my my stepson is just making us crazy so that that happens a lot yeah mm -hmm. i would imagine does that relate to fertility issues as well absolutely yes it could it could so that yeah. would be an important consultation for someone to have if they were facing those issues Right. We would look at that area and we would also look at their health area and we'd also look at the center of their home, which is mm -hmm. sort of the, um, all things sort of resonate from that. So we don't always work on just one area. We usually walk around, we give a list of suggestions. Sometimes a client will record or usually they, at some point they say, oh, I got to get a pencil and write this down. <laughs> Yeah. Because we, we don't really suggest do it all at once because, first of all, the consultation is very energetic, you, especially if we do start moving a few things around. Yes. So we don't usually take more than a couple of hours. After that, everybody's depleted. Mm 
Mm -hmm. So we do suggest that write down the things that you want to do, prioritize them according to the goal that you say that you want to see in your life, and then work, you know, tick away at it. Don't try to get it all done because um, it's just going to create chaos in your life. You move all that that matter around with intention and it's going to get chaotic. I would I would imagine it brings up some resistance too. Um, it, there is sometimes some resistance and we capitulate to that because mm. we're not there to judge or we give them what we see through our eyes and understand that it does sometimes bring up you know, sometimes we get into some things that maybe they hadn't thought that they were going to be getting into. Right. And mm-hmm. if there's resistance in that, then we back off. Mm-hmm. They're not ready for it yet. Or, you know, and maybe after they think about it, after we go, we might have a follow-up phone call. Once we do a consultation, you're in our pocket forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah. would imagine that's the delicacy and the art of the goal setting. Because yeah. finding out what your true goal is, that that can take a while. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. And I think that there's sometimes we think we know what we want in the moment. And once you energetically and physically start embarking on that path, um, it changes. And so shall your goal And another thing that I know I experience often with clients is that they become paralyzed with the notion that they have to set the right goal Mm. or that they have to find life's true North, their, you know, their North star, their divine purpose right out the gate. And that's just simply not the case. If you are already Mm -hmm. so aligned with that purpose, I, um, you know, finger snaps, Mm -hmm. but often we need to go and embark on these um, you know, we need to act on these desires and on these wants in life for our true path to be exposed. So when you're working with clients with goal setting, um, how, how do you walk them through a process so that it uncovers, you know, goal by goal by goal or Mm. the self-reflection piece of this? So I have three, well, we have three, buckets. Um, so the prepare and visualize bucket is the first, um, and that's full of some really powerful journal exercises. Um, so, um, there's some that are, you know, I ask a variety of questions and there's some free writing, there's some journal prompts, but it's basically sitting down with your journal, um, you know, and allowing clients space and the proper headspace to do this type of work. Um, you know, I've gotten on phone calls with clients before and they're having like a crazy hectic day and their children are driving them crazy, etc. And I say, that's not a good time today to do this type of work. So prepare and visualize is really where we <coughs> drum up and where we get those types of energies flowing. And then when we move to the second bucket, which is, um, organize and clarify, that's when we look back on all of the first bucket and we start connecting the dots and finding patterns between certain things that might be most important. Um, Another quick way, just for your listeners, if they want to 
want a kind of quick way to just check in um, for some of these smaller goals. I call it the balance bother list. And I literally do this every week. I write down three things that feel out of balance. And I write down three things that I could or should do to remedy those imbalances. Um, and you know, that that's a really quick way for you to kind of set a more short term goal. But it's really powerful because we were dynamic beings, right? And every week we could feel a different way. Um, sometimes we have very big, large, I call them BHAGs, which is big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> and sometimes we need to zoom in on ourselves. Um, so anyway, the third bucket is to, um, is to reflect and maintain. Um, and that's, you know, keeping your goal alive, uh, reflecting on the process, you know, sort of feeling into how you're feeling now that these blueprints are sort of written down and set. In short, my three buckets can be compartmentalized into my um, seven steps of goal setting. It sounds like a very grounded process. It's very wood element. Yes. Very grounding. Yes. And I can, I can feel it as you're speaking about it, that it's got uh, a lot of structure and a container for people to actually safely yes. go into their being. You provide yeah, a really I, nice I, container. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that with something like, like this practice, it, it just needs structure. It's a very, it's more like a, a masculine energy, this process, you know, the writing and the structure. And then the feng shui is such a beautiful feminine flowy process. So they, they just, there's so many ways that they go hand in hand. And also I just want to give my mom some snaps that she, in our business, she does the things that I don't care to do and vice versa. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. <laughs> so like finances, legal, taxes, P&L, that's, she's, she's got it. Right, mom. And right. then you don't have to do Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even as you're speaking about the types of things you're doing business-wise, administratively, I still sense from you, Lauren, a, just a be big, beautiful feminine container that feels so safe. Not that you're providing that, but somehow energetically you're conveying a container. Thank you. Feels How really wonderful. nice. It does Thank feel you. very nice. Um, and so, Pamela, how did you even come along, come around to feng shui? You know, I thought about that for a lot of years and I finally figured it out not that long ago. I was reading a book by Elizabeth Gilbert. Remember she wrote mm -hmm. Eat, Pray, Love? Sure. She wrote a book uh, a few years ago called The Big Magic. Right. And there's in that book, she said something about um, something finding you. She was talking about writing a story, I think, and the story would find you. And it, it was an epiphany. And I thought, I didn't find feng shui. Feng shui found me. Mm. <laughs> so that is the best way that I can um, describe it. It wasn't something that I went looking for. It was something that, that, you know, a friend mentioned the name of it. And so I found a book and then it's just been a, 
decades of just intense interest and practice and study. When we were speaking before the podcast, you were describing how you've actually studied a few different approaches or traditions. Um, one was called the compass tradition and one's mm -hmm. the black hat tradition. Right. There Maybe. are a number of schools of feng shui. And the school that we practice is the black hat sect. There are different colors of hats. And this one is the black hat sect. And it was introduced to the West in the 80s um, by a feng shui master who has since passed away. But he had many... Um, many people who trained with him. And I've been the disciples of those people who have trained and subsequently published their own works. What is the approach of the Black Hat School? We use a tool called a Bagua map. And the Bagua map is a way of identifying where those energies we've been talking about live in your home and it's oriented to your entrance so if you were standing at your front door and you were holding the map flat in your hand you would be able to see that your wealth area for example is in the far left hand area of your home your relationship area is in the far right hand corner of your home your uh, fame area is between your wealth and your relationship area, and it, it covers all the areas of your, of your life. Now, there, there's one caveat to that, and not all houses are perfectly square. And in that case, there could be a missing area. It depends on how that's, where that, that little chunk is taken out of your home. And we do teach about that in our workshops so that our uh, students can figure out, do I have a missing area? And then what do you do about that missing area? Because there's a way that energy wants to run in that perfect square or uh, some people have an octagon sort of Bagua map. We use a square. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think it's worth noting too that, you know, the other schools of feng shui are equally as powerful. We resonate with this one because we are, we want the whole world to know about feng shui because our mission is to make the planet a more beautiful place and to help you accomplish your goals. And um, we want feng shui to be practical and approachable. And the other schools, like in particular, the low pan um, or directional school of feng shui, um, uses a low pan, it's a compass, and it is very complicated. Um, it takes into account um, Chinese astrology, directions, um, a myriad of factors. Um, and while powerful, it feels not quite as accessible to um, everyone. So um, our, this school is both powerful and practical. Um, and I also just want to note that really the goal of feng shui, we're talking from the goal coach here, is to invite this healthy energy into your home and to have it flow through your home unobstructed by clutter, 
um, which we sometimes call the spider webs of, of you know, energy catchers, they're spider webs, um, but to flow through your home like a river. And, you know, just as our planet has meridians and our body has meridians, our physical spaces um, have meridians and our energetic as well. So it's, it's the energy, the chi, the life force exists all around us. Um, it's about facilitating an environment where that can flow all around us healthily and um, will elevate our lives. So when you're in a home, um, are you sensing the flow of the energy or is it the visual overlay of the Bagua and what's cognitively missing or too much of, I suspect there would be, or how, how does that work for you? Uh, the answer is yes to all Both. of that. Right. Mm -hmm. You can usually get a, a sense of the energy from the instant you walk up the front path. Is it well cared for? Is it free of uh, debris? Is it in good repair? What does the front porch or the front stoop look like? Is the mat a pretty um, nice mat or is it tattered and worn? How are the light fixtures by your front door? So usually I get a sense, uh, we do both do, Lauren does too, of, you know, is it sort of tired and, and needs a lift? Or, you know, sometimes we'll walk into a perfection sort of environment. Mm -hmm. And in that case, you know, maybe we're not doing a whole lot of movement, but even if it's a perfectly organized home, when you combine the fung, the wind, or your intention with the movement of matter, positive change occurs. So the most tidy home, if, the, if we're working with, uh, you know, a particular goal, we go to that area of the house and we just start moving things around with intention. Mm -hmm. That was, that related to the question I had because being a Virgo, I was curious um, about my obsessiveness, <laughs> compulsiveness <laughs> with keeping things organized and clean and everything versus what the energy of that feels like. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think even our most tidiest of Virgos, um, you know, a really tidy space that has not been touched or moved can um, sort of signify stale energy. So even if it's the most tidy place, going and just moving things around. Um, often my mom will go around her house and she claps in the corners. And my dad thinks that she's just gone missing mentally. Um, but, you know, going and clapping in the corners or just he's used to it now. He's used to it now. Right. <laughs> um, but that, you know, turning on a lamp, lighting a candle, um, you know, pulling everything off a credenza and wiping it down with intention, just getting the energy moving is really important for very tidy spaces. So it's mm -hmm. not just for clutter bugs. Well, That's and it lifts your energy immediately. Yeah. So housekeeping takes on a whole new dimension when it's done with intention. So I'm going to clean, for example, if I'm going to go and clean the relationship area of my home, 
I'll come up with an affirmation or, or two and just sort of run it through my mind and kind of let my thoughts go in that area as I'm clearing the dust away and sweeping and vacuuming and tidying up. I love that, that, that you pair the intention with the action of the cleaning that brings it so deep into my heart when you describe it. <laughs> I like know, Sarah. <laughs> it does. I love that. I mean, and that's so, um, whether you, you even know anything about feng shui, if you just do that type of pairing, exactly, you right. can affect huge changes between you and your environment and your life. Yes, and we always say, Pay attention because change occurs and it may not be in the way that you think it's going to be, but it's always positive. It's always a pleasant surprise. Sometimes it's a miracle, really. It, you know, the changes can be really small or they can be dynamic. Mm -hmm. And we, we say that, a lot of things impact change in your life. There's your karma, there's your education, there are the consequences of your actions. There's a lot of things. And, um, you know, if all of the things are in alignment and you introduce feng shui into the mix, that's when we see the most dynamic changes. Yeah. So when we talk about change, people usually like gasp, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whether they're aware of it or not. <laughs> so when, when you apply the cures and you do them in stages, as you were talking about, you know, not rushing into them, do those cures help make it a smoother change? Yes. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yes, Absolutely. And I think it's, yeah, it's important to know also that, um, and we might've said this in the beginning before we were recording, but you know, there's, there can be issues in your home and, um, there's a cure for that. So everything has a remedy. Um, you know, for example, we talked about the missing areas. If you have a missing area in your home, there's a cure for that. Um, if you have a stale driveway, um, and you know, the energy can't find your home like mine. I live up a longer driveway that's covered by trees. There's a cure for that. So cures are, I mean, a variety of things like crystals, faceted crystal balls, mirrors, plants. Um, and this kind of brings us to the five elements. Um, a lot of times when something feels off in a home, it's because the five elements are not in balance. For example, everyone's really into this, um, very stark white decor right now. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. You know, it's very clean and very fresh, but from feng shui eyes, um, you know, you're missing out on a very delicate and powerful balance of including all five of the elements in your space. And it can be something so subtle as to place a small tray with, you know, stones that represent each of the five elements. Maybe you have, um, well, for example, bathrooms are typically very heavy metal element because you've got mirrors. You've usually got a lot of white color, um, metal and water elements. So a lot of, you know, and, and bathrooms tend to be problematic too, because 
they have drains and we don't energetically want the energy going down the drains. So feng shui is full of metaphors as mom always says. So we recommend bringing in the wood element. So green into, um, you know, like a, a bathroom, a white bathroom environment or fire, um, or earth. So, you know, lighting a candle and adding a house plant in a bathroom will really remedy a, um, mirror metal and water heavy environment. So you don't have to place it right on top of the drain. You just have to introduce it to the space. Right. I mean, although we do recommend you cover your drain. So if you're listening right now, go close your bathroom toilet lid and your door. And um, mom, who was it that put sea glass in her bathroom sink drain? Lindsay. Yes. And that was a really fabulous cure to just sort of slow that energy from going down the drain. So you could put some beautiful crystals around the drain yes. and, mm-hmm. and affect a cure there. Right, right. Yeah. So sometimes when you walk into a space, something doesn't feel right. Like, what is it about this space? It's just, you know, it could be a beautiful space, but it doesn't feel right. And that's often because, I say nearly always because, the elements are out of balance. So it's just a simple matter of balancing, you know, if there's too much of the metal element, too much white, too much water, um, you know, there are, there is a circle of the elements. So you can, you can introduce things to bring down the energy that's overtaking, or you can bring in an element to, um, to add energy to the space. And one thing that we haven't, said yet is that not only do our spaces reflect us but they affect us and so um you know that's just another layer of our practice so say for example someone one of my clients called and said you know ever since we moved into this new house it feels like money is flying out the window and we've never had financial problems before. So when I went to her house, I saw that her front door was directly in alignment with her wealth area, which was nothing but a huge plate glass window. Metaphorically, her money was flying out the window. And so what we did to, to mitigate that, to slow down that energy, was to hang a crystal in the window that as it moves in the, uh, in the wind or just with the breeze of the room, it deflects that energy back into the space. It doesn't have to be a big crystal. It can just, we have just little, I don't know, maybe an inch in diameter kinds of crystals. You could put a mirror there too, just up over that window that when the energy comes in, that mirror deflects the energy back into the, the room. You could hang plants in the window to slow the energy down. So there's lots of different types of cures and we try to give our clients different options of what resonates with them. Right. Well said, mom. Yes, well said. And so what I'm feeling from what you're, you're speaking about is you're, you're doing a clearing and uplifting and a uh, upgrading of the frequencies of the energy, bringing flow and light into a space. 
so that it brings a, a it affects a healing on every level for the family the the structure the earth around the structure that's the sense i'm getting here mm. yeah. that sounds, sounds lovely, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> It is. And, you know, we've noticed there's so many stories, but, you know, we have parents with troublesome teenagers. I know I was never one, right, mom? <laughs> my mom used never. to hang, didn't you hang a bell on my door or something? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I feng, did. She feng shui cured me and I didn't even know it. <laughs> you, know, the, um, you know, with problematic teenagers and, you know, um, sometimes the environment, and I love, Sarah, that you said frequency because frequency is... Um, well, it goes hand in hand with energy and, you know, maybe the frequency was off, um, in that home. And once it was remedied, you know, the, the mood and the interactions between student uh, or, you know, child and parent totally changed. Um, and we, we do find that kids of a certain age really take to feng shui teenagers, you know, when they're feeling out of control and they don't have, um, you know, control over a lot of things, they can take control and they can use feng shui to elevate their individual spaces. Doesn't that speak to how sensitive we are as beings and how many dimensions and levels we're experiencing on and in a world that particularly has gotten so chaotic, um, and we don't even we can't even imagine how many influences are affecting us at this point that when we address kind of these simple cures it can be really amazing mm. well it's palpable yeah it's um you know lauren said the word students and i think that slipped out because recently <laughs> we developed a a distance learning toolbox is what we're calling it Mm -hmm. and it's in response to some of the mothers who we hear from who are just really at their wits end they're already have a full plate but now they have to take a more active role in educating their children oh yes it's just one more thing on an already full plate and schools are starting to open a little bit but from what we're seeing, at least in California, it's going to be a slow transition. So our toolbox talks about finding a place in the home that is, can be used as a more sustainable classroom study area. Is, right. it, is there a place in the garage? We have one mother who set up a tent in her garage with a refrigerator <laughs> and... Um, You know, is there a room that you just have been using to throw things in? Um, Do you live in an open environment that maybe one area can be carved out? We have some, some parents that have set their students up on a dining room table, but you know, really that's kind of not sustainable because you're gonna clear it off every night. So we've, We've thought about this, we've researched it, and we have some ideas about even the most challenging spaces. How can you carve out just a little bit, and not in the bedroom, although if it has to be in the bedroom, because studying and sleeping are two totally different energies. Um, And we do talk about that, having your office in the bedroom too, uh, 
that's you don't want to go to sleep and wake up and see all the work that you have to do in the morning uh, likewise when you go to bed at night so we we talk about carving out making that a separate area putting up a curtain putting up a um a divider of some sort there's some really cute dividers out there something that is going to separate that space for your student so this is uh, a package that can be purchased uh, on your website and people can follow the advice that's already in that it's it's not a live training but it's already produced right Right. Correct. With, with materials for them. Yeah. And it's a whole and package. Okay, it's great. It's a whole package. To add to that, um, yeah, it's called the Distance Learning Toolbox. And um, it's one of the many items in our learning library. So another one of our goals is to empower people to learn feng shui on their own. Um, so we have a variety of coursework, um, some freebies, and just overall resources um, that I think can really make a positive change. And what I will give us snaps for is that we've been really mobile this year. Um, you know, we went from doing mostly all in-home consults, um, which we're so thrilled to be offering again, um, as of now and COVID compliant, of course. Um, but you know, going in someone's home is not an option when there's a pandemic and, so we created our first online course. It's called Feng Shui Fundamentals, and it's a six-week course. And it really takes you through step-by-step step, um, how to feng shui your own home. Um, mm. And it's, you know, really informative. We've had, you know, I think hundreds of people at this point take it or experience it. Um, and then all the way up to, you know, um, a celestial animal coloring book. So we have all the things. Mm. Um, for you to embark on your own feng shui journey or, or, you know, work with us one-on-one. -on -one. That's fantastic. It's the feng shui collective.com. Is that yes. your site? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. And now I want to come around to something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, that when we were speaking before the podcast began, became recorded, uh, Pamela was looking at my site and she looked at the word empath and it's like she crawled out from under a rock and came into 2020 and she said, empaths, empaths. Oh, I kind of, kind of resonate with that. And so I'm wondering if um, there's some suggestions or cures that might address the sponginess, the absorption, the development of boundaries, the the ability to think and take care of yourself I, all of these are empath issues you know self-care yes. for an empath is like the last on the list when it needs to be the first on the list mm -hmm. so i can see that you know there might not be a category on the bagua for empaths but that all the principles apply so maybe you have something to offer to the empaths that are listening to the podcast I have an idea. Yeah. Um, what is it? Well, I think that empath, you said boundaries, um, mm -hmm. you know, empaths are, we absorb so much and one cure, um, that comes to mind is utilizing a mirror. 
Um, mirrors are so powerful in feng shui because they reflect energy back away from certain places. So for example, a simple example is that mom used to have a very problematic neighbor. Um, I think she was maybe not mentally, she was not well. Um, and mom simply placed a small mirror facing back towards the neighbor's house. So mom was literally and figuratively reflecting her energy back away. Um, so I think that mirror, placing mirrors, um, you know, even if you had a wind chime on your front porch that was calling in healthy energy, you might also place a small mirror with intention, uh, with the intention to um, ward off any unhealthy energy or to, um, I don't know, cleanse you know, people that come to your home. So mirrors are very powerful. Um, Do you ever recommend that the people wear a mirror? I've actually never <laughs> recommended that, but like, couldn't that be so powerful? Like just walking around and you're kind of protecting your own energy by reflecting other people's away. Or maybe just wear it um, selectively, you know? Yeah. Like maybe you don't want to deflect everybody's energy all the time. Yeah. You know, speaking of an entrance, you know, the plant called a mother-in-law's tongue. I don't know the Latin name. It's tall and spiky. Yes. Okay. That's a really good plant to put out in the front of your, of your porch because that protects from uh, negative energy. Or aloe. Any, any spiky, you know, cactus plant is really, they're great to put at your entryway. I wouldn't put it in your relationship area. You know, that's, no. I don't think that's a plant that you want to put just anywhere, but I think putting it on your front porch is a good way to deflect the energy. But mm -hmm. I kind of like that idea, Lauren, of wearing a mirror. If you know that you're going to be seeing that certain someone that just saps your energy, I yes. bet you there's some really pretty jewelry out there that, you know. Right. Yes. And, and some people wear crystals for that effect as well. Right. True. Very true. That would do the same thing, Sarah. Okay. Okay. Then that would look a little more normalized. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of some people carrying around a, a mirror that would go on your door, you know, your dressing right. room mirror. Like a big <laughs> yes. Well, you can My also shield. Wear, you can out of the way, I can Right. <laughs> Yes. Um, but I mean, going back to the whole wind water um, definition of feng shui, when if you are an empath and you're looking to protect your energy um, and to be selective about the energies that you're absorbing, um, utilizing that as a mantra or affirmation or intention as you work, I think will have also a really powerful effect. Um, you know, especially when you're working in your relationship and romance areas, um, you know, as an empath, I think it, the same principle applies, get really clear on what you want, um, and what doesn't serve you and, you know, go to work in your home based on those answers. That's an excellent approach because working with empaths as I do, you know, they're always looking for something to protect them or to defend against the world. And mm -hmm. really, the boundaries come from more self-definition, from more embodiment, from more awareness. And then mm -hmm. the boundaries naturally arise. Mm 
Right. Um, wow. So it's not a defensive approach. It's more of a self-definition and growth approach. I love that. Love yeah. that. So do you also have a package for relationships? We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, um, yeah, it's called the Romance Mini Workshop, and it's for those that are, so several things, looking to attract new love, new romance. Um, it's for people that want to enhance current relationships, and it's for people who are wanting a deeper sense of self-love. So I think just depending on your goals, again, back to what you're, what you're wanting to attract, um, you use that as you go into the romance mini workshop. And I think it's $39. It's one of the more affordable packages. Um, we have a lot of single gals and we have a lot of single gals that we've worked with that are not so single anymore and now have over one year old babies and are married mm. to the loves of their lives. So. Okay. That Feng Shui like is very a, powerful in the romance department. That's wonderful to know the effectiveness of that. Mm. Um, so, so when you talk about the self-love, I, I just like this topic um, that, that people are looking for their beloved, their, their significant other, their complement to their being. Mm. The addressing the issue of being in your heart for the sake of yourself. Mm and being in that place you know self-love is a little bit kind of the the first step into that and people might have you know that's a, a little bit of a hard step for some people to take and mm -hmm. then once you do that and you learn that you can be a radiant shining heart in and of yourself seems to me to be one of the most beautiful approaches you could take to finding your beloved. Mm. I don't know that the universe will provide you with what you're looking for until that has been squared away. I agree. Yeah. It's like you can't be on the same plane and frequency with your beloved um, because he's waiting for you where you are. He's waiting for you to get to the point where you're so in love with yourself and vice versa. You both are, you know, I don't think that you can meet on this plane unless you've, you've, you've done, you've done the work or either, or maybe it just comes naturally, you know, until you really love yourself. I think that's an important point. Um, and I'd like to circle around to one last thing as we come to the, to the end of this, how did feng shui arise How, was it inspired like reiki by like one person or a, in the culture how how was it sensed and brought into a practice well we're talking thousands of years ago and it was originated in china mm -hmm. and it started with the scholars looking at um, where to plant their crops and studying the energy that was coming off of water and the mountains and understanding the best place to 
good things, their homes, their gardens, their uh, livestock. So over time, it, as we've mentioned, uh, various schools have developed and uh, there's even some in India, I moved, transitioned over to India and India has its own form of feng shui, not called feng shui, but, um, and then it, and I think that might've been where the hats came into practice yellow hat and red hat and black hat and then the black hat as we said moved over to uh, uh, San Francisco area in the 80s and that's really uh, you know not only is it practical and accessible but it's fun and it really speaks to a contemporary audience mm -hmm. and I have to say that Lauren is really helping with moving the feng shui into the 21st century because of all the social media that she's uh, that she's created that's terrific Thanks, i mean <laughs> that <laughs> you guys are so complimentary it's wonderful i'm, I'm just again uh my heart is open to what you're saying i i feel the radiance and connection to your heartfelt desire to help people to really really help people with something that is so accessible and not that complicated to apply right we are here to serve that's fantastic 100%. so as we come to a close is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners um, I would like to invite listeners to join us on Instagram um, at Feng Shui Collective. We have a um, lively Feng Shui family on Instagram, and we just actually hit 4,000 followers this last week, which is very exciting. Um, and we're always in our direct messages. So if you come follow us there and you have questions from this or wherever, we are all there. Um, also, we have a very lively, fun, um, public Facebook group, and we do free challenges, and in particular, our free three-day clutter clearing challenge for more money in 2020 is in there, mm. um, and that's also at Feng Shui Collective on Facebook, so that's a public Feng Shui group, um, and if you're really hip, we have actually had a couple viral videos on TikTok, which is like the newest platform, um, social media platform. And we're just kind of dipping our toes in there. But what we're realizing is that there's a lot of spiritual practitioners, coaches, um, you know, entrepreneurs really that are sharing their wisdom on TikTok. And it's just really fun. So, um, yeah, you can follow us there as well. Okay, so <laughs> also um, in the in the podcast notes, there's an, a link to a Bagua form that you're yeah. offering to everyone. Yes. And are there instructions on how to apply that with it? <laughs> there are, yes. We'll okay. send over, Mom, why don't we send over um, the the first one with the video okay module one of the course so that'll be the bagua map and instructional video 
Oh, that's um, fantastic. Yes. And that's oh. normally $67, but we would be happy to send that your way. I think it just has a nice, you know, sort of overall definition of feng shui. It goes through the goal setting process, um, teaches you about the, how to orient the Bagua map. So Fantastic. That's so kind of you. Thank you so much. Of course. Well, this has been absolutely delightful. I want to send everyone to your website and your Facebook page and Instagram. You can you. look at these two beautiful women that have formed a collective of their heart and soul and mind and mother-daughter. It's just fantastic. <laughs> so blessings to everyone and thank you for being with us on the podcast, Earth Love Spirit. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Earth Love Spirit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend. And be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.